Every person experiences life differently. Every life is also unique and it deserves protecting from today's risks that can affect any one of us at any time. The reality is that risk is all around us and its nature is ever-changing. While we cannot predict these risks, we can protect against them, which is exactly what Discovery Life does. Join me, your host, Maya Fisher-French, as I discuss various risk factors that affect individuals and by extension their loved ones with key experts at Discovery Life. Together in this podcast series, Seeing Life Behind the Numbers, which is brought to you by Discovery, we unpack the value of risk protection products as part of your overall financial portfolio. We'll be taking a closer look at the kinds of risks we're all up against through facts and figures to understand how we can all best protect ourselves and our loved ones, both today and well into the future. While many of the risks we're all exposed to are well out of our control, we do, to some degree, have the ability to mitigate these risks. By proactively living healthier lives, we can minimize the risk of severe disease and even mortality. And by taking out life insurance, we can provide financial security when a life-changing event happens. Here to explain how the sum total of healthy lifestyle choices can reward you for life is Discovery Life Deputy Chief Executive Gareth Freelander and Head of Market Analytics and R&D Daniel Stoch. Thanks, Maya, and you, you're spot on. It's obviously something that we track closely and report on every year. And we have recently reported on our 2021 statistics. It's no surprise that the headline act there was COVID-19, which increased our deaths almost by threefold during 2021. Um, and we paid out um, over 6 billion rand for COVID-19 related deaths alone. But I think, you know, everyone has probably heard a lot about COVID over the last few years. So we wanted to kind of lift the hood on the rest of the statistics and, you know, give a, a little bit of a sense of, of what's happening there. And there are two usual protagonists, you know, things like cancer um, is certainly something that is still very prevalent. We've seen a slight increase in cancer deaths during the period. Uh, we do hypothesize that that's down to people potentially not having gone for as many screenings during the, the height of COVID. So we have certainly seen that. In fact, we saw for the first time in the severe illness space that uh, cancer overtook heart and artery for males uh, for, for the first time in, in many, many years. Um, so that is certainly something that's on the up and we're, we're watching closely, but you know, thankfully also cancer is something that you can protect against through greening, through early detection. Um, so that's something we've, uh, one of the trends we've watched closely. Um, another one that we've got our eye on is around mental health. Suicide is something that uh, is up dramatically over the last four, four or five years um, where we've seen a, a significant increase. Um, so that's certainly a, a concerning trend and something that we are thinking about very carefully through the Vitality Program and how you can incentivize mental wellness uh, in the same you know, way that we've done on the, on the physical side of things. So yes, suicides are you know, sadly avoidable and something that we think we can have a big impact on uh, in the mental health space going forward. So looking at those mental illness statistics, suicide statistics, do you have any idea as to, to what could be driving this? You know, we are in a difficult economic time. Um, is it COVID and, and just the emotions and trauma around that? I mean, do you think there are any trends that we could identify that could be behind these higher suicide numbers? 
Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, why It's something we obviously spend a lot of time on. We can put some of it down to COVID, although this has been a longer-term trend. We've seen an upward trend in suicides over a few years now, preceding the, the pandemic. So it was certainly something that was at play beforehand. There's a known correlation between tough economic cycles and suicides, so that certainly doesn't help. The volatility and the, the kind of global recession um, is uh, adding to the, the difficulty that individuals are feeling out there. And then, yeah, obviously, COVID changed the world. It really brought with it a lot of loss, not only the loss of, you know, friends, family, loved ones, but the loss of freedom, the loss of, you know, jobs, and people weren't able to deal with that loss in the normal way. Yes, a lot of contributing factors. And, you know, I think something that we are uh, focusing heavily on. Um, and I'm convinced that, you know, through the right type of awareness and uh, incentives, uh, we'll be able to have a good impact on people's mental health. But it comes, you know, it's a difficult space to influence. But a very concerning trend, and I think one, one does need to keep an eye on that. And the other statistic that also really stood out for me was severe illness claims at 1.2 billion. And, you know, this is something I think people don't insure enough. You know, most people actually have life insurance, some form, whether they've taken on a mortgage or whatever, but they don't often think about severe illness. And yet that is such a big claim, you know, in your statistics. Yes, Maya, I think the, the thing that sort of stands out immediately when you look at, at those severe illness claims is just the proportion of them that are cancer-related. So when you look at, at our female claimants, one in two severe illness claims are, are for cancer. And, and male claimants, it's, it's one in three. As Gareth mentioned earlier, it's now become the, the predominant cause of, of claim for our male clients closely followed by heart and artery at about 30% of, of our male severe illness claims. And it really does talk to the importance of, of having that protection in place on your, your life insurance policy. It's not just about you know, the life cover, it's about the illness that, that potentially leads to, um, to a life cover claim later on and, and how you deal with the the heavy expenses that are, are often associated with those those illnesses. Yeah, and I think that's the key point, right? People tend to think, well, I've got medical aid and therefore if one of these things happened to me, that should cover it. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not just the medical expenses that you're exposed to. These are, you know, when you get a cancer diagnosis in the family, it's a massive game changer. It changes your entire life and there are so many incidental additional expenses and kind of losses that are associated with that. Um, so it's certainly very important. And thankfully, we are seeing increasing take up and awareness around it. And you can see, as you said, the claims happen. That is the one thing about severe illness is people do claim. And it's something that we all need to think about very carefully as part of our financial planning. And now, now getting back to sort of the healthy living part of, of, of this discussion, I mean, there's definitely an alignment of interest between an insurer and a client because both want you to live a long and happy, happy life, right? You want to be a healthy person and your insurer also wants you to be a healthy person because, you know, that's that's uh, they don't want to be having to pay out claims every five minutes, obviously. But how are you using your product design to encourage people to adapt their lifestyle choices? That's right. And we call it the shared value model. And it's exactly what you've alluded to. The fact that 
we actually do have aligned interests with our clients. Uh, if clients are healthier, they live longer, that's good for them. Uh, and it's obviously good for a life insurance company to have healthier clients in, in that you'll pay lower claims over the longer term of the policy. So how that shared value approach works is we use behavioral science and you know incentives to kind of bribe people to be healthy and to you know perform healthy activities and become more aware of their health and wellness. And we've seen that that works really well. We've been able to change people's behavior and create great awareness around their health and wellness. And that results in them living longer. And obviously, if they live longer, that then creates lower you know, or higher profitability or a release for us uh, because we are paying fewer claims. We've got low, lower claims expectations in the future. And that releases funding to reward clients through premium discounts, through what we call our payback benefit, which is, I guess, the physical manifestation of this shared value model, where we pay clients out up to 100% of their premiums for healthy behavior through the term of their policy. Um, so that really does reward clients for that healthy behavior and create value in the system that didn't previously exist uh, because you had clients claiming at that higher level. Um, so this has really become our flagship benefit. We paid out over 1.2 billion rand in claim in, in paybacks last year, bringing the total to nearly 10 billion um, to date. So these are serious numbers. This isn't on a claim event. This is just for people being healthy that you're paying out these types of numbers. Um, so, and we, we project that uh, within the next 15 years or so, we'll be paying out about half the amount um, to through paybacks and, and cash conversion type benefits. So, so for people being healthy, relative to our claimants. And that really changes the paradigm of insurance, uh, which is, of course, first and foremost, there for the worst of times. But also, we've been able to create value for clients in the best of times through healthy behavior and real financial value uh, in, the, in the form of these paybacks and, and discounts. Maya, it's, it's important to note that all of this is, is done in a very simple model. And it's, it's enabled through our link with Discovery Health and Vitality. This access to the data that you, you kind of referenced, you know, feeds through to us. We understand when our clients are managing their health and wellness, and then we can appropriately reward them through the model, through these discounts and, and the return of premiums through, through payback. Absolutely. I mean, I'm bringing in all those various aspects, discovery, health, vitality, you know, with discovery life. Um, and you are able to obviously influence behavior. But um, it's quite interesting. I, I get people who say they're a bit skeptical. They're like, well, why am I getting all these benefits? And of course, as you explained, Gareth, it's because if you, you know, it, it's good for both of you. It's good for, for the, for the um, customer and it's good for the insurer if, if you live a long and health, healthy life. But have you got through the data that you're talking about there, Daniel, evidence coming through that healthy choices actually have an impact? Impact. Because I also get people saying to me that they don't like being told to take 10,000 steps or go to the gym. They feel quite sometimes resentful about being told what to do. Um, but what are the statistics telling us around healthy choices? Uh, it's such a good question, Maya. It's critical to the model and to the success of the model that you see the outcomes that you, you need to see, which is that as clients engage more and more in the Vitality program, we see this reduction in, in risk of claiming, either through, through life cover or through severe illness and even disability benefits. 
So as clients, you know, manage their, their health and wellness, that risk improves. And that's, that's what unlocks the value in the first place. Um, so we're definitely seeing those outcomes. We see kind of a reduction of up to, to 59% for our, our most engaged clients. And when you, you kind of overlay COVID, and you look at at the risk of passing away from COVID and how this played out for our more engaged clients, we also saw a reduction in risk there, um, even more profound at about 85% lower for, for our most engaged clients relative to, to clients who weren't engaging in vitality. So it definitely is playing out in, in terms of our claim statistics as well. And, and I think if you, you know, we tend to maybe get lost in how significant those mortality reductions are so dan referred to 59 percent lower mortality risk by getting to diamond status you know essentially when you consider how much of your risk is firstly non kind of um or, or accidental type risk so people find car accidents we've got one of the highest vehicle fatality rates in the world um, and then, unfortunately, there are hereditary risks. We all hear the stories of these peak fitness, you know, uh, sportsmen who drop dead of a heart attack. So there, there is an element of risk you you can't eliminate. So just through lifestyle change, to be able to reduce it by just about sixty percent um, is quite remarkable. It's something that I think not even we, at the onset of developing this model could have hoped for such um, you know, significant success through the model. And I think one of the huge drivers, uh, you mentioned physical activity. I think for me, it's actually health awareness is massive. You know, What we've been really successful at is driving clients to go for their health check every year to get their points or to go for their screenings every year to get their points. And so many times, Maya, you pick up that you've got high cholesterol, you had high blood, blood pressure, you found a lump, whatever it might be, but thankfully you find it early, you can get onto the right type of treatment and you can change your risk tomorrow by being on that treatment. So it's something that can have an immediate impact uh, just through driving the right kind of health awareness. And I think that's been one of the keys to our success. Maya, Gareth touches on, on something very important there, which is, is just this maybe misconception that the vitality program is only about exercise and clients can get, you know, the majority of, of their points through going for a, a health check. It's as easy as, you know, popping into one of the, the discovery centers, doing your check in, in a few minutes, unlocking some of these insights that, that you would want to know if, if there was something wrong with you, but if not progressing very quickly through the vitality statuses, just by going for for a check and then you know supplementing that with physical activity even if it isn't 10,000 steps every day is is just a great way to to move through the statuses the the hope really is to to shift it away from wanting to engage only to to progress through your statuses to a point where you you actually feel fitter and better and healthier by being an engaged discovery vitality client and I must just share with you, I've got a personal story about screening. Um, and my husband went for 
you know, the, the doctor said, you know, we haven't tested your iron for a while. Let's go test that. And they discovered he has a, a, a rare genetic uh, disease where he stores too much iron. And the longevity, if he's untreated, he would be dead at 65. Treated, it has no impact on, you know, it, it does not shorten his life at all. He would never have known, never have known he had this illness, except yeah, unless he'd done a test. So I think, you know, for, for us, just simply in a family, we saw the, the benefit of that, of that screening. But I want to go back to um, also just to this exercise thing. You know, I noticed, and I wonder to what extent, and I imagine that the figures are going to come out maybe over the next couple of years, to what extent? COVID also shifted in people's minds how they feel about um, their, you know, their wellness. So every Saturday, I go for a walk um, along Table Mountain. And before COVID, you know, there'd be some people there and it was fine. Then we had that in lockdown and no one could leave home. After that lockdown was lifted, people suddenly were streaming onto the mountain. And it is still like that two years later. I thought by now people would have got bored with it. You literally have to, to park a kilometer away from the, 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 the start of the trails now to be able to access it. So people really are starting. I think there's been a lot of awareness around their health. But of course, all this healthy living means that people are living longer. And, and this is probably my final question to you. How do you balance the need to ensure for an unexpected event um, you know, that happens to you against outliving your money. Um, because of course, you know, if we live longer, there's also, you know, living longer costs more. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, you know, long may that behavior change continue. But as you say, it does, longevity does bring with it its own risks. Um, I think we are all, you know, kind of painfully aware now post-COVID of the importance of risk protection and what type of unexpected events uh, can come our way. Um, so we think that the model um, actually sets up really nicely in that what we enable clients to do is get the protection that they need today for anything adverse or unexpected, but then use their health and wellness engagement kind of pre-retirement to supplement post-retirement income. And we've got various products um, that work in that space. Uh, one I think worth mentioning is what we call our cash conversion benefit, which allows you to actually receive a portion of your cover throughout your retirement. And it's bigger payouts, the more engaged you are pre-retirement. So really, you know, I think it brings the whole story together in that it means it ensures that you can be fully protected and have peace of mind for you and your family, you know, when you don't have the funds pre-retirement. But also, now that you're living longer, hopefully, because you've been healthy, you get um, supplementary payouts in retirement to really supplement your income, which you're going to need, because hopefully you're living a nice, long, healthy life now. Um, so that's really how we've used the model, I think, in a unique way to, to solve the longevity conundrum that's, that's created here. So just to clarify, you know, we spoke about the 1.3 billion in in paybacks. Those could be allocated then to your your savings and investments for for later on in your life. Yeah. So we've actually got two components: the payback benefit itself, which is um, something that's automatically included uh, in the product, and you'll get up to 100% of your paybacks paid back to you. We do have the option as well for clients to reinvest those paybacks. If they don't want to keep them and they want to channel them into retirement, they can reinvest that into their um, what we call discovery retirement optimizer, which is effectively a retirement annuity, and double them uh, through that mechanism. 
But then there's also a separate feature, which we call the cash conversion benefit, which is something you add onto your life policy. And then it pays out um, at age 65 and every four years thereafter, a portion of your life cover. Um, and that really creates additional um, supplementary retirement income for you and can be incredibly valuable uh, for the additional premiums that you'll pay pre-retirement. Uh, clients can get returns in excess of 15% for engaging in health and wellness pre-retirement um, through that particular benefit. Maya, it's it's important to to maybe circle back to to Garrett's point earlier about shifting the paradigm of life insurance in that you now have a client who who gets to 65 their life policy is is still in force and at that point they're receiving a, a large tax-free lump sum just for being healthy so for not claiming on their their policy creating this this world where almost irrespective of what happens to you you get something out of your life insurance policy. If, you know, unfortunately you suffer a life-changing event where you pass away, you're protected. But if not, you're, you're almost building uh, an asset within your, your plan um, to, to help supplement your, your savings in future. I think that's very important, um, you know, because I think there's, I, I must say, after my uh, my mortgage, uh, my next biggest debit order is on my life cover. So sometimes you do sort of look and think, wow, <laughs> this is a lot of money going on my account. So it's good to know if you've got, you know, when you get to retirement age, that there is some 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 investment building up there as well. You feel a little bit less of a grudge purchase then in that case. So, but I want to say thank you to both. And I hope our listeners have taken away some insights about the importance of looking after their health, because not only will you live a longer and healthier life, but you will be financially rewarded for it as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seeing Life Behind the Numbers, brought to you by Discovery. Tune in to our other podcast discussions around Discovery Life's 2021 claims experience to learn more about using risk protection to cover all our risks. You can also subscribe to the Discovery podcast channel, Discovery South Africa, on your favorite podcast app, or visit discovery.co.za to listen to all our shows.